Today is Tuesday, October 25th, 2016, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and one month ago, we were in Medjugorje with a friend of Medjugorje, and he was speaking to the Caritas Pilgrim Group, and at one point, he said something that stuck with me. It's actually, I've been thinking about this every single day for the last month. He told the group, he said, some of the things I'm telling you here right now you may not have the capacity to understand what I'm telling you. And maybe you might not even agree with what I'm telling you right now. But I have no lack of confidence in the truth of what I'm telling you. Because I've been with Our Lady enough to know what is the truth. And when you give your life completely to the message, this is the the only thing you see is the truth of the message. And I was meditating on that throughout the whole rest of the day after I heard it, and I was beginning to think about all the things, even in the Medjugorje world, that are changing now, things that people are saying. And and it occurred to me, what he says today, is the Medjugorje world a year from now, or five years from now, or ten years from now? You may not agree today, but you pray enough, you give yourself more to the message, you will eventually come to the same conclusion. And that is the purpose of Our Lady giving these messages to create a united body of people who think the same way, who have the same way of thinking. And so tonight, as we come to you into your home, or for those of you who are listening after the fact, listening in your car, or those of you who may be listening in your office, the purpose of Radio Wave is to help create a united group of people who think the same way in the message. This is a friend of Medjugorje. I was coming up our shipping ramp a week or two ago, and one of the school kids was walking up beside me. I put my arm around her, and I think it was Mary, and I said, Mary, what did you learn in school today? We were at the bottom, and she never answered. I said, what's the most important thing you learned the second time? The most important thing you learned in school today. And we got almost all the way up the ramp, and then she says something very profound. Out of the whole day of school, all the facts that she learned, she says, the most important thing I learned today, she didn't say that. She just said the the simple sentence that says, all energy runs out. I was silent. She was silent. Before she made that statement, there's probably 30 seconds of total silence. I thought, wow. 
What a profound thing. And as I went around through the shipping and into the crucifix room, I kept pondering that as I walked up the steps from there. All energy runs out. Our Lady said in a message that this tired world, referring to it, its energy is running out. You don't get energy. You're not energized when you separate and get further and further from God. He restores. We see cases where Jesus went alone by himself because he had to get to the Father to be re-energized in his mission. Mezugory is tired. We see people waning. We see people that are just going through the motions, even if they're promoting Mezugory, not knowing the next step to what's the next level to go to. And every message is a step to a staircase to conquer the world and re-energize it to come back to the Father. That is not going to be an easy task. Our Lady is given the most difficult task to do what happened with Noah and the Flood. We spoke a couple of weeks about studying history. The only time throughout history, if you studied it, not in Roman times when it's promiscuous for abominables to be doing what they're doing now, living that lifestyle, and even the marriage aspect. The Greeks accepted it. But no one in history, except in the days of Noah, wanted to do what we're doing right now. And so what did God do? He had to cleanse the whole earth, purify the earth through water and left the rainbow symbol, which has been taken from us because we're tired and we're giving things over to our bottles. How do we see that in the context of today? We see it that we're running out of energy and that our lady's been sent to restore our energy, our Christian faith, because it's run out. The path we're on is expended. There's got to be something new. Her challenge is far greater than what God did by opening the heavens for rain and flooding the earth because God promised he would never do that again. And so Our Lady's coming, doing something much more difficult than what God did by just ordering nature to do what it did. Our Lady's coming to have the same after effect, after the flood, a purified world. And you better believe she has a task. Beyond capabilities of any creature in heaven, all the angels together, and even what our son did, he gave redemption. She's given the saving grace and restoring it. Why? Because we've expended that potency of what it meant to have the crucified Christ redeem us for our sins. She's here to renew that. And that's what the message was about today. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's October 25th, 2016 monthly message to the world. Dear children, today I am calling you. Pray for peace. Leave selfishness and live the messages which I am giving you. 
Without them, you cannot change your life. By living prayer, you will have peace. By living in peace, you will feel the need to witness because you will discover God whom you now feel to be far away. Therefore, little children, pray, 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 and permit God to enter into your hearts. Return to fasting and confession so as to overcome the evil in you and around you. Thank you for having responded to my call. How far can you go in a tank of gas? Before that energy is expended and your car runs out and you can't walk or you can't go anywhere, you have to walk. We're there with the lady now through these messages that we followed for so long and have become desynthesized to it that our lady says the word today, return. See, we've already been there and done that. But in our human nature, we always have to go be renewed. We have to renew that energy, that power of God, that first moment of conversion filled with excitement, the wonder of now worn off that we live on a daily basis. And we have to create something that will keep that in an act of grace for us and constantly energizing us. And so our lady is telling us to live in peace. She's telling, how do, how do you do that? For many people, there's disasters throughout their day. But if you're living in peace, a disaster is just something you deal with. It's life's circumstances that just come up. Are you going to be unpeaceful? You're going to blow your top? You're going to have a reaction that's negative? Are you going to have a positive reaction and remain in peace and deal with the situation? in a way that God would expect you to. We used to say, I used to teach the community about this, that everything can be going perfect. Everything's working for our way. And our lady says, God wants to test you on a Thursday message. Our lady says, God wants to test you through your daily chores. And I've imaged this with gears running inside of a machine, one turning the other, the other turning the next, and everything running smoothly on the RPMs on the output with the angel above that dropping a monkey wrench and those gears breaking teeth to see how we're going to react. Are we going to rectify the situation, fix the gears? Are we going to be cursing like some mechanics might do when they're working on a vehicle? Or are you just going to fix it in peace? If you're a contractor and you're building a house and another person next to you build another house and the whole people on this side is real Christian and they live in their peace they deal with all the same problems of construction that the other does, but every time there's an aggravation, they're nothing but cursing and swearing. The other just deals with it. And so our lady's asking us to live in peace, and that's one thing we've learned in the community. No matter what's thrown our way, no matter how difficult it is, we have to remain in peace. But we've got a world without peace. Why is that? Why are people not living in peace? Why don't we have that? inner serenity, except we don't have roots. We're tore up. We have divorce. We have broken family. We have circumstances where the divorced are now remarried. You got blended family. You have no roots, no place, no home. Where is home? Over here with the father? 
Now, the father's married somebody else. Over here, the mother, she's married somebody else. So then you got the spouse they married, four families. And so you have people being raised today that don't have roots in their life. They don't have the positive things that happen, the positive roots, you might want to call it, that they can fall back on. And this is the tragedy. This is why marriage is being redefined because we've given it up. And the church is guilty of this. I always have to qualify myself. The church is Jesus' bride. The church is not at fault. It's the membership and those who run the church. We just heard about and were told about how the Podesta WikiLeaks spoke of how they infiltrated the church. We knew this. We talked about it. We didn't have to have the WikiLeaks. We know these things happen, and it even got the cardinals to sign on things that they wanted endorsed. We're very weak, and we're very sick. That's why our ladies come in every day. And so you got these broken families. You got little children just being raised without these roots. Everything's a negative root. Which family do I belong to? Where was I raised? Over here in this state? Over here in this city? Or this side of town? The other side of town? Think about what this does to children. I'm convinced bipolar comes from that. You got one way you're raised and you're another way. You can pick which one you want to. But you never know where you need to be. There's no comfort zone. One thing we have in community and why we moved down here was to have positive roots. And yet we have a lot of people with negative roots. It's like a love triangle. Do you get trapped between your parents when they separate or they quit talking? And so this fractures society. So we have to first blame ourselves for the situations we experience by not holding it together. And I blame a big part of this on the puppets being too lenient to two lambs who got married and then separating or living separated, or actually going through divorce. And then we annul everything. What's annulment? we got now 25 or 30 different things now you can annul. When it used to be one or two. We've grown this problem. We've grown this monster. We've grown promiscuity. We've grown all the sins through what we've grown in the family, which is a fractured family. And sad it is for the children. They have nothing but a tangled up mess. And they have, they're not owed anything. They're not owed a house. They're not owed to live in comfort or something of convenience. But one thing they are owed is the person that's half of them from the father and the other half from the mother. And this has to be corrected. And the puppets need to ring out for this. No more divorce. And I'm not talking about just signing papers. I'm talking about living divorce. Fractures in the family. We're never going to heal the world until we can heal the family. And that's what he's coming for. She said, I want the fruits of the family to be seen one day. That's where nations are healed. And that's what I did here over the bed. The family and the conception of the family is a conception of a well-being of society. And so you think about these situations, about these little kids being raised and what they become and what kind of negative roots they have in their life. Sitting on the front step, little white suitcase, hearing that the 
before it hit the front gate His headlights burning down a Friday night Southern Belle statue standing in the screen door Watching her whole world head for an old Ford With a man that can look her in the eye Then I run to him Poor man, God, Jesus says that he had to leave heaven to come to earth. And we know the earth compared to heaven is nothing. And especially if you're God and you become human, it'd be equivalent for us to become a dog. And yet he says in the point man, God, that he didn't mind living in heaven 
because between Joseph and Mary were such pillars of love in the family that he had heaven on earth. That's what the family should be. And he says, by living in peace, you'll feel the need to witness. Can your family witness? Do you want to put on the church face? Or is your place and your home, your neighbors are gravitating towards you because they say, this family has peace. But you can't fake that. We have something in our community that's very unique. We live peace. We just had two visitors from Italy. They didn't come here because of Medjugorje. They haven't been to Medjugorje. They didn't even know a lot about Medjugorje. But one thing they said here is this is peace. In Rome, it's just noises and sirens and all these kinds of things. They stayed on the grounds and they just loved it. They relished and cherished every moment. They were very moved and very impressed. But they're just two of many people who've come here that experience the same thing. Why? Because this is built on the Bible? No. We didn't get this out of the Bible. We got it from these messages. Her messages built this place. What is this place? It is the Bible. And so we have this situation that who wants to witness and experience the family as it is today? Even intact families. All they do is just go for the weekend, what our pleasure is going to be, what the next thing we can do, what the mountains can do is I wrote in the prayers to heal our land. The mountains are to give us entertainment, not to show us the majesty of God. We flip-flop on everything, and we're selfish. Leave selfishness and live the messages which I'm giving to you. Everything we approach through selfishness. How will it serve me? What's the purpose of it? Self-gratification is destroying us. And in the end, that's what divorce is about. Because divorce is really against God. We divorce God. And when we marry things and materialism, and those things become important in our life, or our own selves above others, then nothing's going to work. There's going to be no peace. It's impossible. Actually, I was going to ask you about that specific uh, phrase where Our Lady says, leave selfishness, because when we read her messages, when we first read it, there are certain words that stick out. And uh, a lot of times we'll go back into Our Lady's uh, messages from the past to see if she's used it before. And in searching selfishness, I've only found two other times where Our Lady has said it. And one time was, for those people who are living for Jesus, they, they don't know what selfishness is. But there's only been one other time, and that was this year, that Our Lady said, leave selfishness, leave vanity and selfishness. And so my question is, is why in everything that's been going on in the world throughout these years, why do you feel like Our Lady is focusing waiting until this year to focus on saying, leave selfishness. What is is more happening that you see that she would say this to us at this time? Capacity. We're going to get this message 10 years ago. She would have given it. Every message, as I said earlier in the program, 
is a step. She pours the concrete. She forms it when she gives it that day. She allows it to dry in our hearts and become solid. And you can take that next step. If you step off that, you're going to fall off the cliff. Because she's leading the world to a place that hasn't completed this staircase toward heaven. And she says, if you live my messages, you'll begin to live heaven on earth. That's the purpose of this. And so what we don't see is these positive roots we were talking about being instilled in children. How do you be torn up in family and blended family or even a war zone of people that stayed intact that you have really roots? I moved out here and I told my children this, that your children can play in the same creeks you played in. I moved out here from the city for heritage to have a place that they could set down roots. And this was back in 1977. And when I got married in 75 with my wife and aunt, we made sure that we wanted to get out of the town as quick as we could. We didn't have the means, we didn't have the money, but we made our moves to it. Started off with a few acres, ended up with a couple hundred acres. God blessed us with our business. And now we turn everything over to Caritas because our lady asked for a community to be established. She liked, evidently, what we were doing and the philosophies that we had. Not that I was some kind of saint. I'm a sinner. But as the lady said today, go to confession. I believe in confession. I believed in the commandments. And so we set our roots out here. We're settlers here. We're stakeholders here. We didn't move here to move somewhere else. And we have many, many people come to us. Oh, your land's worth a fortune. You can sell this. No, you can't. You give me $200 million for this place? And I'll laugh at you. It ain't about money. Do you not think Jerusalem is so small? It's just a few hundred acres that the Jews in the world could collect money and buy everybody and the Muslims and the Christians and pay off everybody and give everybody $10 million. Every individual owns a little bit of patch of land inside Jerusalem. They could raise the money in, in a week. It's not about money. It's heritage. This place ain't for sale for no amount of money, for no reason at all, and it never will be. Because we're raising our children here with roots. They have purpose. They have even something, if they move from here, they have something where they know they came from. Those positive roots. How do you do our broken families? You have negative roots. This makes for unhealthy, unstable society. A heart with the positive roots is fertile ground. Fertile ground can grow things in the heart that even if you leave that, you never lose those roots. Christian culture is strengthened by these individuals. We're weakened in culture because we don't have that. Our Lady gave us here to us. She's saying, return to fasting and confession and overcome through these things the negative roots that are set out in you and around you. Still running 33s up underneath this truck Even though rush hour concrete's the only place I'm getting stuck Sunny days, I still catch myself looking up at the sky and praying for a little rain. No, I can't outrun these roots. 
these roots I can't outrun these roots There's still that back home part of me That can't help but see things a little different Like how there ain't no need To put a G on the end of hunting or fishing And I still got granddaddy's Bible, his old rifle and his name But I also got his poor little more coursing through my veins Oh, I can't outrun these roots Even if I wanted to Cause they run cannot run negative roots even if you want to you can't outrun positive roots even if you could you wouldn't want to that's ingrained no matter what it is with a negative positive our lady is trying to see the fruits of the family to be seen one day and you don't have an option to change the direction of the world you can be the leaders of that change or you can be the followers of that change and be forced to. Why would you not want to take those steps now in the time of grace or for the time when Our Lady says there's coming a time when you will have to make those changes. Don't wait. Our Lady is seeking from you to make concrete changes. What you're saying uh, about roots, I was thinking during the song particularly that I remember when, when I was a little kid, we used to go out into the bayou and there was water lilies out there and they, they just float on top of the water. There might be millions of them. And they look like they're planted in the ground you step through it, you'll step through like 50 feet of water or whatever. But they're just floating there. They don't actually, they're not rooted into any dirt. They're just floating in the water. And even if you have a boat, it, it's so easy to get stuck. You have to like constantly go back and forth, back and forth just to get through these things. And I was thinking about that. And through the course of the song just now, I was thinking about, I, we had a, we went to a Christmas party at your mom's house a number of years back 
And I was looking at everybody and we were taking a picture. There was like four generations of the family together in this one picture or whatever. I was taking the picture. And the thought came to me that I'm not, I'm not, I'm looking at a group of people. They're not necessarily proud of their family, but these people know exactly who they are. There's not a lack of identity. They know exactly who they are. And from the outside, it might seem, well, these people are just really very proud of their family. And I know that that's part of, that, that's part of it, but it was more of an identity. We know exactly who we are. And so for people, there are, there are a lot of people out there who do not know who they are. And like you just said, they don't have roots. So for that person that's listening to this tonight, or it's going to be listening to this tomorrow in their car or wherever, what are those people going to have to do? Because it's not going to happen overnight. So you've got a whole generation of people out there who are stuck with no roots, with no nothing, no identity, nothing. What do those people have to do to become really whole again? Well, stuck is really a good word to that because that's where they are. And this can be painful for people to hear this. Like I was cheated in my family or I don't have this or or I'm jealous of of this situation. I've been blessed in that sense. And we wasn't the perfect family, but we we were the center of the neighborhood because we have such strong culture, the Italian culture, Catholic, we missed something, we went to church, we were right in the middle, no Catholics lived around us, it was all Protestant, but they all respected us, and and they revered us as a family in a lot of ways. But we, having those, that background, uh, we never felt poor, we were poor, uh, very poor, we had five of us in one small bedroom, it probably was an eight by ten, we had two sets of bunk beds and two Two of the, us as children slept in one one of those bunk beds. There's five people in a room like that. But we never felt poor. We never thought we were poor because our family was rich. And that makes a big difference. And circumstances are going to change. Changes are coming. You're not going to get away from that. Those changes that's going to take place will bring peace to us. And we all have a dream of having that. And people, I've talked to people, even people in the community that didn't have the gifts that I had being raised, not jealous in an envious way, but they long for, they wasn't raised in that same circumstance. But at the same time, you are who you are. And so our lady gives a remedy in this message today saying how to change this. Without them, you cannot change your life. She wants you to start and put down roots. You may be the first generation for generations to come to change that direction. She says, by living prayer, so you start with that, one, you will have peace. By living peace, second word, prayer, peace. By living peace, you will feel the need to witness. We feel the need to witness. Our lady, our lady told me to be a witness. I think I was probably fortunate enough to be at the right place, at the right time, at the right age, when I went to Medjugorje. And, and I know I, I, didn't, I didn't insert myself into Medjugorje. I had no plans of making a Medjugorje Center. I had a business to operate, and that's what I wanted. And that's what I had to give up, which I loved. But I had other plans for me. Wanting to please her, I followed her path. I don't have any regrets. But she says, you'll feel the need to witness. 
She told to Maria, you be a witness. She's not going to tell me those words personally if she's not going to define what witness means. And I knew for a long time what I had to do was just live the messages. I wasn't out there publicly doing anything. I was restrained and passive. She had intervened in 1995 with another message to go out now and start getting hearts. Because I was passive. I became proactive at her words directly in a private message again. So we go, by living prayer, you will have peace. By living peace, you will feel the need to witness because you will discover God whom you now feel to be far away. See, the world fractured drives God away. And those who start rooting themselves into the Christian life, into the family life, draws God to the culture. And when these families join together in community, And they have a prayer life like we have, three hours a day. The structured prayer where the children go to rosaries and prayer all around them, where it's not not a rarity or something unfamiliar to them. It's natural. It'd be unfamiliar if we quit praying. It would be a tragedy if we decided to stop going to rosaries here. Even for the people that's 20 years old, because they've done it the whole life. We've been here 30 years. We've got youth that's been raised here for 25, 26 years doing the rosary every day when we're in town. And most of us always in town. And so we have this taking place now. And this dream is coming. And we have people. We had, I, I quoted to this group. I spoke in, outside of Medjugorje, 35 different nations, Muslims, Jews, and Christians, and other faiths. I told him about a Sufi Muslim, I've spoken about this, Hassan, who in 1979 talked about Mary was coming and that she was here for her time. And he said that there'd be people would be born without realizing as they were being raised during this period of the Virgin Mary was here, that they were being prepared to be working for her and to be living this life. So you may have been raised in a wreck house or a situation is broken, but you've been prepared for this. The change is possible. You've got to carry your courage out of a trail that's not traveled for you, but you find out through the history of the messages how to do that. And when you were born and what you were born for and that dream that you might have, you'll be standing there with a lady because you're called. And Hassan, the Sufi Muslim, said, many of them are women. But it's an amazing thing. He predicted this in 79. Our lady comes in 1981. This is a documented prophecy, and it's an amazing thing, some of the things he said. I'm just touching on it just for this point. But we all should have a dream in this message to change the direction of our life, because change coming. Whether you want it or not, you're going to get change. The thing is, are you going to be receptive to it, go with it, or forced underneath it, and it crush you? Change is coming Like a kiss upon the tide Breathing life into every heart A hopeful kind of times As we walk this road together Though at times we felt alone In the struggle to Oh, 
The song asks us how your flame keeps burning. All energy runs out. You think a lady's coming, and many people, especially in the hierarchy of the church and even in the priesthood, says, well, I have problems with these messages every month or every day. You've heard it before that we said it. We've heard priests and we've heard theologians say, and even some bishops, our lady's a chatterbox. This gives me problem. Our lady's given so many messages. We don't need this many messages. Let me open up a can of worms for you. Our lady says something very profound. This is what struck me as the most important part of the message. She says, leave selfishness and live the messages which I'm giving you. Without them, you cannot change your life. So the can of the worms I want to open up for you is that the Bible cannot do what her messages can do. Heresy? Anathem on me? Really? Then why is she giving messages? If you believe in the messages of Our Lady, and she says, without them, what's them? The messages, you cannot change your life. We've had the Bible. We've been going downhill with the Bible. Why? Because a lot of reasons compounding that, bad teaching, bad interpretations. You say, well, the church interprets the Bible. True. But as Ratzinger, who said, we cannot confine ourselves to the store repetition of revelation. That's the Bible. They are invigorated by private revelations. This time we live in is so radically different from what the Bible speaks in the language it speaks of in ancient man and how he did what he did that we have to have a bridge for the Bible to touch modern man with a preface. And that preface is our lady's messages that leads us to the scriptures. She tells us one must read the Bible. And yet she says here, Without them, the messages I'm giving you, without them, you cannot change your life. You're not going to change the world without these messages, with just the Bible. The Bible is dead to many people. The Bible is alive to many people who follow the messages. They lead us to the Bible, just like Mary leads us to Christ, her son. She's not God, but she leads us. It's not the inspired word or messages, but it leads us to the living word and puts life and invigorates them. So I says something very profound in this message that's hidden. By living prayer, you will have peace. By living peace, you will feel the need to witness because you will discover God whom you now feel is far away. Let me concise this better, though, to help you understand it and digest it. Our lady says four things here. One, prayer. Two, peace. Three, fasting. Four, confession. She says, by living prayer, by living peace, return to fasting and confession. You know what I said, June 6, 1988? Something very profound. She didn't say mass. She didn't say you had to do this and go adoration. She didn't say all the other things and all about the sacraments. She said, It's going to be seven years soon that I have been coming to you. I ask you to renew yourself the messages I've given to you. That's what she said today. 
return to the messages. I'm calling you, pray for peace, etc. So she says this now, 2016. She says it back in 1988. But here's the good part. Here's the juice. These are messages of one, prayer, two, peace, three, fasting, four, penance. Today, she said, that's back in 1988, prayer, peace, fasting, confession, penance, the sacrament of penance. She goes on and says, all of the other messages come from these four basic messages. To be politically correct, they put Holy Mass as one of these five messages. It wasn't there. I didn't say that. That was added to help grease the gears to make this approved by the church. I'm in the middle of that. I know things I can't tell you about. But one thing you can't deny, she didn't say Holy Mass right here. Is she demeaning Mass? Did Jesus demean Mass because he waited to the last moment to do the first Mass after three years, after 33 years of life? The Mass is celebrated then. We don't understand the Mass. We fail with Holy Mass. We fell through the 60s and 70s, 80s, all going downhill. Why? Because we eat and drink unworthily. But we have to learn first to understand the Mass, these four basic things, because it's built on that. Prayer, peace, fast, and penance. All of the other messages come from these four basic messages. Don't try to insert approval for these apparitions by adding Holy Mass to it. Wow, friend of Mr. don't like Mass. Garbage. Don't even trash me with your garbage thinking that way because I've had people accuse me of that. No, I stick to the messages. Mass, I wrote in Aru, is the highest form of prayer. Actually, I have a hand what I wrote in Aru of our community when the bishop asked me to write Aru down. I said, we live by way of life. We don't live by Aru. He says, write down Aru. So, and I wrote this. Our Lady has made us realize that the creator of trillions of stars, all the galaxies, and spectacular wonders of the universe cannot create a miracle greater than he has created and given Jesus in the Eucharist. It is a miracle of all time so vast and beyond our comprehending it that an idiot could phantom the secrets of the universe before the holiest person could phantom the full depth of the Eucharist. Holy Mass. I learned this from the messages and can express that verbiage through the messages. Has anybody told you that before? This is why I said before, we have to go back to the four basic messages to relearn everything. I return, just like she said today. So I understand the Mass in that way without comprehending it, of course, and its greatness. But one thing I do understand, I believe these messages. And we got to go back and return to what she said today, return to fasting confession preceded by peace and prayer. We're off base, people. And all I hear from people, it's the Mass, it's the Mass. I'm a daily communicant. Are you living it? What is living the Mass? And I said, live the Mass. What is the Mass? Sacrifice. So it's a 30-minute attendance record every day. I've been around people that disgust me and disturb me who are daily communicants because they didn't change their life. But if you leave Mass and your whole day sacrifice, these are the things 
that were built into the roads that the Christians traveled. Don't follow the world. Don't follow what everybody has to say. And follow the messages. The messages today are the most important thing for you to grasp before the Mass and before the Scriptures. Just like the Mass was preceded with almost three solid years before it was revealed. You need to re-enter into the Mass in a new way. You need to re-enter into the Scriptures in a new way. I understand things about the Bible I never saw before because now I see them through the messages. Because these messages have live grace. There's something extraordinary about them. And they're private revelations foretelling the revelations of our moment. Because Bible is being revealed today. The Antichrist systems, everything is being there. And these messages will help at the end of the time to bring the Bible to an understanding that without them, we never would know it. And so what was early Christians? They didn't follow the world. One of the most fascinating things to do in Rome, I've been there many times, I was there a few months back, is to go underneath the Vatican. You can't get there easily because you have to make an appointment. Only a few people are picked out of those who go. There's thousands of people always going to Rome. But underneath it is what they discovered before World War II was the cemetery. And you walk down these little streets, and if you look up underneath the floor, toward the floor of the St. Peter's, you're walking on streets that used to see sky. And you see these vaults, and you see angels on them, and you see pagan symbols on them, and you see families there that are buried there. Some were Christians, some were pagans in the same family. They were fractured. There was a lot of dissension there was a lot of struggles. Why do you become one of those Christians? There was a breakup of families. And it's a fascinating scene to see the pagan family and the Christian family both buried together. It's an amazing thing. It's a very, to me, it's the most fascinating thing in Italy to go see. But these Christians were considered fools, even by their own family members, because they took a road that was traveled by the witness that hadn't been traveled before. And what they witnessed and the foolishness of what they did transversed the whole world. On this road, they made out a path. They turned it into a freeway. That freeway, and then kicking up gravel with their witness, disturbing people, didn't want to change, didn't want to change the direction, transversed the whole world. And when that happened, Christ covered the world. This is what I was here for. We're not to follow everybody else. We're to break away, just like those family members buried there underneath the Vatican. There were Roman ruins. And to walk a path that hasn't been traveled to open up the whole world to the Christ. Why do you keep on staring in that mirror, mirror? It ain't fair at all. Mm-hmm. Dress sizes can't define. Don't let the world decide what's beautiful. No, you won't make
I guess you could say we're rebels. I guess you could say I'm a rebel from Medjugorje because I never followed what everybody else was doing. I was interested in building some kind of Medjugorje center. I was interested in conversion. The path our lady led me on was a path that was not traveled. It wasn't even a path cut through the jungle. I was dropped in the jungle and had to pray my way through it to find my way out of it. And then she comes later and asks for a community to be established. And we've been in trouble over and over and over because we don't do things in Medjugorje everybody else does. Our pilgrimages are run different. We look at everything in there. Our messages are in our life. Our ladies established something here, a way of life and a message. Was that an ingredient necessary for our lady to do what she did here? I think so. Because when our lady came in 1988 in the bedroom, the first message she breathed here, the first thing she said is what she said today. Today, she said, by living prayer, you will have peace. On November 20th, 1988, Our Lady said, may your life be prayer. The second message Our Lady gave the next day is November 21st, 1988. Our Lady said today, 2016, leave selfishness 
and live the messages which I'm giving to you. So the second message on November 25th, 88 is live the messages that I give. And on the third day, our ladies confirmed in 1988 what she said today. She said on November 22nd, 88, live in humility all the messages that I give. I want you to be carriers of peace. That's what, she, that's what she said, by living in peace. She's established a place here that's a window. We're convinced, not because we want to be, because we want to live our life in quiet. No visitors in that sense of uh, asking for that, but we know that's our mission and our charism. We want our life to be one of peace. And we don't live something to display something that we're not. In other words, our, our day is packed with peace. Our day is packed with prayer. And so what does it mean to be living prayer? To live prayer is to be a prayer for somebody else. People often say, you're a prayer for me. And that's what living prayer is. We're living a prayer. We're always ready to do or speak about Our Lady. We don't apologize for it. Our actions, everything we do laid out. At the same time, we're sinners. We know that. But prayer brings peace. Peace brings a contrite heart. And that brings God's graces upon you in your life. So we have people that have to go through tragedies. We just had one person that we known for a while. Her husband died suddenly. She was just in Medjugorje, and we hear this all the time when people call us. And people handle these situations differently. And so to have roots is to have bonds with other people here in the community or your spouses or your child. What would it be like for you just to lose your husband from one moment to the next? If you don't have peace in your life, if you don't have prayer in your life, if you're not a walking prayer itself, and I don't mean running around and saying Hail Marys, it's not that. It's not saying our fathers are the rosary. Prayer is something sacred that you're constantly. In fact, Our Lady added to the first words she breathed here in these in this valley. She said, May your life be prayer, may your work be offered as a prayer, and may everything that you do, our work, bring you towards me. Let everything that you do and everybody that you meet be an encounter with God. We meet people and we feel like we meet God because they got a soul. How can we touch them? We don't try. But because we live something, there's a contagious grace that affects them that we don't feel, but we see in them reacting to us almost like electricity. We don't even try to do things. But when you live that way, that's part of your life. And so, if you have a child and you lose them or your spouse and you live in peace, or is that, is that going to affect you differently as it opposed to somebody who doesn't have a rooted life in peace and prayer? You're going to be facing that one day. Everybody will. They're going to lose somebody close to them. And these things are the things that lady's trying to get us to come to reflect on all aspects of life from birth, the change in the direction of your life, to death. How will we see these things? Depends on what we are. 
if for prayer or not prayer, if for in peace or in peace. Don't go through tragedies. That can be things that won't be a tragedy, but God's will that you accept in serenity. You'll still have pain on both ways. But one's a positive route, one's a negative route. And this is the things I want you to reflect on. Think about that.
How deep did you go today in your thoughts? Will you reflect tonight when you go to bed about what you're doing, your life, those around you, those who you love, those who you despise even? But I even said once, pray for those who you hate. She's called us to build a new way of life. That life will give birth to a world of peace. You say, will the whole world be in peace? Jesus didn't convert everybody. That's true. Is that a contradiction? No. Because what surrounds you, your goings and comings, the people you surround, your communities, you will be living in a world of peace. What is your world? And if it needs changing, you have the grace, you have been given the power You've been given the messages to transform that world. It's within your reach, but you're going to have to be thoughtful and reflective. Praying, fasting, live in peace, and your penance. Offer everything to God. Be prayer. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Metrigoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.